Okay, we continue learning the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon, going into the daily prayers. And now we begin the next section, which is Ashrei, the Hallelujahs, which are known as the Song of the Creation. And uh, that this chapter goes through quite a bit uh, till... Uh, till the end of the Hallelujahs. So we'll probably spend two days on this section over here. Okay, let's do a little recap for a moment. Yeah, it's a good thing to have a sitter and handy. It wouldn't hurt to have a sitter handy. Okay, the tefillah we said is divided up into four parts. Part number one is the brachas and the karbonos. Part number two is Psukit Zimra. Part number three is Kriyashma and its blessings. And part number four is the Shmona Esrei, as we've already discussed in the building the format of the prayer. Now, in Psukit Zimra, we find ourselves in a place and in a type of fila that parallels the worlds of the angels, as we said. The world of Yitzira. And the main avoda of malachim, what's the main job that malachim do? Is to sing. As we know when uh, Yaakov fought with the angel. He said, you have to let me go. It's my time to sing. So therefore, Pesukit Zimra, we're involved with the avoda of singing. We'll see shortly, it does, singing does not, and from a biblical perspective, means it's with a tune and a melody necessarily. That's an important thing to know, because some of us, I don't know how to sing. I don't have a great voice, so Psukazimra is not for me. So don't be confused and think that you must have a melody and things like that. But we'll see. But this Shira that we talk about is the soul of the world, so to speak. The rabbis tell us, for example, there is something called Perik Shira. And here's the little book. Yes, we gave for those who wanted. Remember, the, for the ladies who were going to say it over Shavuos years ago. So, where where the whole world sings a shira, the Shemayim says shira, the sun says shira, the animals say shira, the wild animals say etc. etc. And the Yalkut Shemayni says that when Yehoshua wanted to stop the sun from going. In the Battle of Ayalon, the Pasuk, it doesn't say he said to the sun to La'amod, stand. He didn't tell the sun to stand. He said, Shemesh Begivon Dome. Let the sun over Givon be silent. Didn't say stand in its place. He said, be silent. Why? Because the main command of Yeshua to the sun was it should be silent and not say its song. And as soon as the sun stops saying its song, therefore it stops moving. Because as the rabbis tell us, that every moment that the sun sings, it has the power to keep moving. Okay? And therefore, and that was really what the sun, so to speak, complained to Yoshua. If I stop singing, the world will be missing a shira to Hashem. And therefore, Yeshua 
finished off the song, as it were, as it says in Perik Yud in Sefer Yeshua, Oz Yedaber Yeshua. Then Yeshua spoke, and Oz is a lotion of Shira, like it says by Oz Yashir Moshe. So in other words, the son was saying, listen, I take away my song. He says, don't worry, I'll, I'll make another song instead of you. So you see this whole idea of Shira is an expression of the essence of creation, and that is what keeps it going. So therefore, we can see from here that Shira, by definition, this type of Shira, is the natural soul of the world. And when the rabbis say that all the animals, all the vegetation, the whole world sing Shira, it means to see that that is their essence, essential job in the world. Which really means, again, it's hard for us to understand what wavelength the creation sings. It's obviously not a wavelength that I can hear. Maybe Shlomo Melech could hear it. But I can't hear it. I don't think any of you could hear it. So we have to realize, but it means it's the Shira that they're doing their job. They're doing exactly what's supposed to do, exactly as God ordained them to do. That is their Shira. That is their job. But in other words, when you look at that animal, it says that is an animal that is reflecting the divinity that enables it to do what it has to do. Okay, but the truest soul of the world is the human being. He has a special job of saying Shira, and that Shira is the essential life of the whole world, which gives power to the world. Now, all the other creatures, they don't have free will choice. They know they got to do their job. They don't even have a Yetzirah to not do their job, right? So if uh, they're going to do it, they're automatically singing. And that, it's okay, maybe we'll look on, we'll, I don't know how much that's here we'll get into today. But anyway, but the human being certainly has a free will choice, okay? And that is his essential life of the world that gives power to the world. And this is the avoda of Pesuke de Zimra, where it is all Shira. And that's why we say that this part of the tefillah is in the realm, remember the four worlds, is the world of the Malachim, the world of Yitzira. Because the world, that world that gives life to our world, the world of Asiya, is the world above, which is the world of the Malachim. Okay? As the... Uh, Zohar says there is not a blade of grass which does not have an angel that tells it to grow. So that angel is the inner core soul of our world and their shira gives life to the world. And certainly our shira that we sing gives light to the world. Uh, and just like Hashem is the neshama of the whole world in one sense, so are we. So Pesukah de Zimra, like the entire prayer, is one of the foundations of the world. Until now, we've been dealing with the physical realm of the world, and that's all good and wonderful, and we're pro proclaiming Hashem is master in this physical world, but now we're going up a level into the world of Shira. Now, what is the goal of the Shira? So the early rabbis say, that really the Shira is a preparation for the Kriyashma and for the Shimon Esri. And they, uh, they bring the statement 
which says, one does not go to the gates. Oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is, they're using the Pusik in Megillus Esther to hint to this idea. Esther told the king, told Mordechai, you know, you better change your sackcloth. He says, you should not go to the gates of the king wearing sackcloth. So if that is said by mere king of flesh and blood, that you don't go into the uh, palace of the king, because why? Because there's always, uh, where kings are, there's always a status of song. Okay? For example, in the, the Torah tells us that when Nehemiah, who was a uh, advisor to the king, so in Sefer Nehemiah, second chapter, second verse, the king says, why is your face so bad? You're not sick. Must be you have evil plans against me. What do you mean? And Rashi explains, when a person is sad when you're in the palace, you must be planning on killing me or poisoning me with something. Why aren't you happy? What does that mean? So why can, how can he accuse him of that? But the answer is when you're next to the king, you have to be very happy because you have such a privilege to be in the king's palace. You're privy to everything that's going on. Why would a person who's in the king's palace be sad unless he doesn't appreciate the value of the king and must eventually, if not then, but sooner or later, will decide to kill the king? Because if you're in the palace of the king, shouldn't you be thrilled? You're, you got the best job in the world. Why are you sad? If you're sad, must be you got you're not you're not happy. If you're not happy, then one day you might kill the king. So whatever the rabbis told us, we should say Psukhadasimra to prepare ourselves before we approach the king with Kriyashma and Shmonasra. We have to fill the king's court, God, with song and joy. That's the simple meaning of what Pesukah service is about. You know you got an appointment and you're going to be sitting and standing before the king shortly. Now, you better be happy when you come to the king. If you're not happy you come to the king, then it, you, you deserve the death penalty. That, because why aren't you happy? You, you're getting to talk to God in a few minutes. Go tell him everything you think. Give him an update. Share what you have to say with him. And make whatever requests you have of the king and because you, you want to help the kingdom. So that's number one. You better be happy. But there's another understanding of the simplest way that how Sukhanasirva becomes a, a, a portal, a prose door to get you into the house of the king. Okay? So really, the proper understanding is that this type of shira expresses an, an, um, a preparation for what's going to happen afterwards, which is what? Declaring the unity of Hashem with Kriyashma and standing properly before the king of all kings in Shmonarese. Because when we begin, when we pray at the time of the Shmonarese, all kinds of strange thoughts can come into our minds. And they destroy not only the kavon of the prayer, but the whole uh, shape of the prayer. Right? 
When you're dialing it, do other ideas come in your mind? Uh, I just talked to Faustin. Okay, but it's a challenge. That is a big challenge when other thoughts come into your mind. Because we have a lot of things that are uh, taking up space in our minds. You know, we've got a lot of distractions. But when there are no unique distractions that confuse us and everything is pretty much in order, then maybe, you know, you could push out these bad thoughts. But if there's something that's bothering you, it doesn't give you any peace of mind. <laughs> and when does that idea pop into your mind? Bedavkin Dishmanes, right? It comes full force that you can't get away from it. Many people, when they start Baruch Atah, there's already thinking about other things. <laughs> right? It's hard. It's hard. You got to really fight. Okay, but you, you got to be thinking what you're saying. It's But when you come into prayer with enthusiasm, it's harder to have Kavona. Easier to have Kavona. When, when you're coming to the king's palace, you say, wow, this is exciting. I'm going to be in the king's palace. And now you're going to get to speak to him in the first, second person present. That takes away all stumbling blocks. Those um, uh, challenging thoughts that want to distract us all the time, they go away. And that's really the point of Tzukadizirma. To be able to reach the Shmonesre with an excitement of holiness, with an excitement that Hashem is the king and is the creator of all the worlds. And uh, these are incredibly high. And, and, and you don't have to be on the highest level for this. Everybody can has what to be excited about and what to thank Hashem for. So we're coming to speak to Hashem. And you, you just got out of your car and you just got off the phone and you, a lot of things are on your mind. Coming up the stairs, you're trying to get them out of your mind. Okay. If you got time to say Psukka de Zimra and you're focusing on the Psukka de Zimra and the songs and the praises to Hashem, that gets you, first of all, happy mood to be in the King's Palace. And number two, you're distracting yourself from the negative thoughts because you're involved in all these positive thoughts. What's the best way to get rid of a negative thought? I'll tell you the worst way. The worst way is to tell yourself, stop thinking about that negative thought because that's exactly what you're going to be thinking about. Just shift to positive thoughts. That's it. Just focus into positive thoughts. Uh, the simplest example, a husband who does not have a lot of patience, who has to wait for a wife who does not have a lot of um, ability to be on time or vice versa, gender neutral, Okay, so the husband's waiting, the wife's waiting, whoever's waiting, they're getting upset. And they, tell, and they say to themselves, I shouldn't be upset. I should stop thinking about that. But you can't because that's the only thing you're thinking about. So what I tell a husband to do, open up a safer and start learning. That's it. You focus on the learning you're doing and you're not going to be upset anymore. So you got a lot of life challenges. You're in a really rotten mood and you're going to have a grumpy face to Hashem. So... Divert yourself to pleasant, happy thoughts, which is the Psukhari Zimra. Okay, where did I go now? Yes. So let's continue. As we mentioned, I think last week we mentioned it once, but now he says it inside here explicitly. The earlier Kabbalists explained that we say Psukhari Zimra from the Lushan of Zmira which is to cut off, as we said, 
And it means like this, that the Yetzirah and the other forces, right, uh, and all the other distressing news and all the sadness and all these things that come with us, they disturb, they disturb our service of Hashem. But when a person sings, it means he's living with the truth of the words. He's living with Hashem and the blessings, and he knows there's a creator, there's an Olam Haba, and the whole world is not just a question of if I have a toothache or if I have small problems, even big problems, that's not what life's about. So therefore, in a normal, natural way, when a person says Pesikita Zimra, the person is Zomer, he's pruning and nullifying any grip of those outside forces that are trying to throw him down. And therefore, he becomes fitting to come before the house of the king in prayer. Okay, so therefore, this Shira is a charm for something very important, a way to fight the Yetzir Hadar. Because when a person is happy, okay, so, and, uh, so, and, and he does not look at all the vanities of the world, okay, when he doesn't look at those things, okay, so, he just doesn't remember being angry, typhus, Russian horror, Nothing. They're gone. So when you're in such a beautiful world, who can think of such terrible things? And that's what Pesukah Zimra is telling me. Okay. When you, when you see how great the world is, you have time for foolishness like this? That's the problem. If you really see how amazing, it's a wonderful world out there. This is what Pesukah Zimra is. Look at this amazing world. It's so good. What are my problems? That's nothing compared to that. The biggest problem is that we don't have time. We don't have enough time to engage in Sukkot and Zimra. We got problems. We're saying a bunch of words together with our problems. And we, we got more problems. We don't. We have to make time. So the piece of advice that Rapinkas gives, for example, is to take one Pasuk every day and make a big deal about that one Pasuk. You're not gonna, there's a lot of sukkim sukkim It's gonna be very hard to stay focused. Dozens and dozens and dozens of sukkim. It's a very difficult task. All right, but every day pick out one pasuk. This is gonna be your pasuk. Your sukkim is Zimray pasuk. But different pasuk each time, or really? Well, until you're comfortable with one, then you move on to another one, right? And to put a stress, for example, on the word hallelujah. Praise God. In other words, just, you know, even the non-Jews got their niggin in the English, you know. I don't want to say the words, right? They seem pretty happy when they're singing that word. Well, it's our word. Right? So how can you pass by this word without having some expression Okay, now obviously we should be spending time outside of davening to go through this psukim. So when you get to them, you really can understand what the main message over there. But uh, a person who's going who passes by, uh, if you go through the whole psukim of Zimra with not not even singing and understanding one pasuk, it's like such a missed opportunity. Okay. 
And it doesn't mean you have to scream out or you have to sing with a beautiful tone, but just try to create an expression of excitement. Shiru Hashem Shir Chadash. Let us sing before Hashem a new song. Let us take a pasuk and let us express it. So that's what it means that you're able to prune away the externals. These are amazing psukim. If we would pay attention to what we're saying and what it really means and to realize this is the world that we live in, wow! And you're coming off of such an amazing experience of life and you come to Hashem. Imagine, you're having a good day. This is the problem. Kids go to school. By and large, I don't know why, but school is always portrayed as a terrible place. No matter how good the schools are, no matter how hard the schools try. By grade three already, every kid hates school. It's just the way it is. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. So the kid comes home from school. And where's the hell is school? Fine. Anything exciting happen? No. <laughs> and that's it. You can't get much. Maybe girls are better than boys at this, but uh, but, but, but really, it. But what do you mean? It, it should have been something exciting was going on over there. Okay, so therefore, but when you when you come when you cut, what what is it so much better if your the mother asks the kids, "Wow, it was a great day today." Oh, really? What was a good? Well, this happened. We learned about this. We learned about that. We learned about this. I mean, the kids are learning about the world, science, science projects. You learn about uh, uh, Avram fighting the kings. Whoa, there's a lot to talk about. So, okay, now it's imagine now you're coming to Hashem. Hashem said, How was your day so far? Imagine. I mean, if Hashem could talk to us, he does, he does but in a different language. We come to Hashem, imagine, and imagine this might be a little trick. Before that you start the Amida, imagine that Hashem is asking you, no, tell me, how are things? We're going to say, eh, okay. Are you telling God? Because God is the one who's, who's doing all the things for you. It's okay. What do you mean okay? It's only okay? Did you have any trouble breathing today? Should I make it hard for you to breathe so you can appreciate it? No, 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 that's fine. So why aren't you, like, excited? It, so you come in, so one is it has him to the zero. Say, wow, Hashem does this, Hashem does this. It's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. And now you're coming with that excitement to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, the rabbis arrange the core of Tzukkah Zimra are the chapters of Tehillim. That start with the word hallelujah and end with the word hallelujah. Right. The Gemara says there's ten expressions of Shira that comprises Sefer Tehillim. And the finest expression of Shira, a Shira is one of the expressions of prayer. Remember, we said 13 expressions, one of Shira. But which words in Shira? There's Ten words of Shira in Shira, and the greatest one is Hallelujah. There's such a praise and the name of Hashem wrapped up into one. It's Hallel or Hallelujah praise Yud Hey Hashem. 
That is the, like the best praise you could say. In one word, you got it all. You got praise and Hashem in one word. Okay. The Kobo writes in Sukkot Zimra, you have five chapters that begin and end with Hallelujah. Ten times Hallelujah, and that is parallel to the ten <coughs> types of praises that David says in Tehillim, which I'm going to go into the details. And ten is the number of perfection. So these five chapters, right? Starting from which? At, right after Ashrei, right? Right? Let's look again. <laughs> Starting on page 70. You have one, two hallelujahs there, and they end with hallelujah. 72's got another two, and 74's got another one. Five from chapter 146 to 150. The last five chapters start with hallelujah and end with hallelujah. Ten. Okay, so it's like you're hugging the whole world because 10 is a sign of, of, of completion. And what's the source of all of this? Now, 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 so these are, what's the core, core, core is which is called the prayer of Tehillah Lidavid. Okay, but really, you know, if you look carefully, if you look at the notes over there, that the real psalm starts at Kuf Memhe, 145. It's one, it starts with David. Tehillah David is the actual psalm. See the words Tehillah David? Ashrei is not part of the psalm. Ashrei Yeshev Esecha Ojalu Chasela is somewhere else in Tehillim. Ashrei Am Shekochalo Ashem Sheshem Elokov is another place in Tehillim. Tehillim of David stops, starts chapter 145. And it ends at the end, obviously. Tilas Hashem, but not Right? So that, that's what it ends. So that's the Ashray is the core. Okay? So the beginning is the Ashray through all the Hallelujahs. So now, what is the uniqueness about the ashray? Okay, but now we have an overall idea of what we're supposed to do in Sukkot Zimmer. What's the uniqueness of the ashray? There's three unique points of the ashray. The Gemara says two specifically. The Gemara Bracha says two virtues. One is that it fits with the Aleph base. Right? Tehillah David. This is the song of David, the praises of David, starting with Aromimcha. Starting with the Aleph. It's got the whole Aleph base. Number two, it's got the major Pesachah. Poseach is Yadecha. You open your hand and you satisfy every creature's desire. And the earlier rabbis, the Kabbalists, tell us as a third thing. There's no requests in this song. Only songs and praises. Even poseich is it's not a it's not a request. Open your hand. It's a statement of fact. You open your hand. It's a praise. So all the things that we receive from Hashem that come in a natural way, they really are an expression 
of a very inner supernal mita, a type of a conduct. Okay, what do we mean? We'll give an example of Gemara and Baba Basra. Tells about Rebbe would open up the storage houses during the years of famine. He was very wealthy. When it was a famine, he'd open up his, the storage house to give people. He said, let people who are masters of text, masters of Mishnah, masters of Gemara, masters of Halacha, masters of Agada, let them come and get for free. But the ignorance cannot enter. Why? Because Rebbe holds that when they're suffering, such as lack of food, it's because of the ignorant people who don't follow Halacha. So why should we give you food if you're the cause of the problem? Rabbi Yonah's son, Ben Amram, pushed his way in, and he was a very humble person. So he didn't want to take advantage of his Torah scholarship. He says, Rebbe, give me to eat. So he said, did you, are you, did you know Torah? He says, no. You know Mishnah? No. No, no, no. So what should I support you? He says, support me like a dog or like a raven. Because Hashem even supports the dogs and the ravens. Okay, now why did Rabbi Yonasan ben Amram pick those two animals of all the animals? To say, you support them, so please support me. Because these two animals are noted for their lowliness. The raven is cruel, and the dog uh, is also a very vicious type of animal. It says until him, save me uh, from the sword and save me from the dog. So they were not exactly such great animals, and still in all, Hashem supports them. So he says, support me like the dog and like the raven. That means it's a very deep kind of chesed of Hashem, chesed from the aspect of olam chesed yibana. That's the beginning of the creation, because there is a big difference. There's chesed and there's rachamim. There's chesed and mercy. Rachamim is appropriate in a place where somebody needs mercy and we have mercy on him, we try to help him. But before Hashem created the world, was there anybody who had to have mercy for? There was nobody around. There was nobody around. At that time, Hashem created a world. For who? For, no, for nobody. Just to, for goodness that will eventually come into the world, will be, will be there. But there was nothing needed. So all the good that Hashem was only from Himself. That's an infinite kindness. Hashem created everything in order to give kindness to others. That's only kindness. It can't be mercy. There was no that mercy on yet. So by saying the mizmor of Asher, Yoshev, Vesecha, we arouse in a unique way the supernal chesed, the inner lofty chesed, because anything that's at a root is, perf is perfection. And therefore the Ashray is arranged in the letters of the Aleph Beis. We're trying to get to the place where the letter... The letters of the Alphase is the beginning of all the flow, because Hashem created the world with the letters of the Alphase, from Aleph to Tav. Okay, everything was, is built on these praises and not requests, because we're arousing the infinite measure of chesed in the world, and there's nothing to ask. We just need to trust Hashem. So Ashrei is an expression to Hashem that what should what does it do? When Hashem hears these praises, the floodgates open. That's what it just opens up the floodgates. And therefore it's got the olive base, that's the building blocks. 
the Gemara says, Hashem sustains us from Aleph to Tav. And that's what the rabbis say. Anyone who says Ashrei three times a day, he means, he understands what he's saying, who merit the world to come. Because when you say this chapter, you're grabbing onto the source of all goodness. And it's not possible that if to not grab onto that source and not to be connected to that source. So it comes out when you finish saying Ashrei, we've opened up all the floodgates and all the flow and all the blessings from Aleph to Tav. So if you would miss any of them, oh, it's like you didn't open it properly. That's the problem. Yeah, question? So we also see that the dogs at Raven, the dogs, uh, they would fight at the time. Okay, it was, and they got rewarded because it was hard for them. They're nasty guys. And they had to go against their nature. But generally, they're not that good. Okay. Now, we're going to have to discuss the problem, though, is we're very far away from this idea. So how are we going to negotiate that? That we're going to discuss tomorrow. Thank you. Okay.